You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. It's Thursday, September 7th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today, how the UK is poised to force a bad law on the internet. WhatsApp and Signal have threatened to shut down services in Britain if the online safety bill includes restrictions that undermine encryption. The government is pushing it through anyway. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. The UK's ambitious and controversial proposed internet regulation started with scribblings on the back of a packet for a brie and cranberry sandwich from Pret-a-Manger. Those notes, from discussions between academics Lorna Woods and William Perrin about how to make the tech companies responsible for online harms, became an influential white paper in 2019. That in turn became the foundation of a draft law called the Online Safety Bill an ambitious attempt to turn the UK into the safest place in the world to be online by regulating how platforms should handle harmful content, including child sexual abuse imagery, cyberbullying, and misinformation. Since then, Britain has endured three prime ministers and one lettuce, four digital ministers, a pandemic, and a rocky exit from the European Union. Successive iterations of the ruling conservative government have expanded the bill that sprang from Woods and Perrin's paper, mutating it from a genuine attempt to hold tech platforms to account for hosting harmful content into a reflection of Britain's post-Brexit political dysfunction. The current government is widely expected to be voted from power next year, but the draft law returns to the House of Commons today where members of Parliament will have their final chance to debate its content. It is very different from the sandwich packet, not least because there's no brie smears on it, says Woods, a law professor at the University of Essex. More significantly, different conservative administrations have each left their own mark on it. I think perhaps that has added to the Baroque ornamentation, Woods says. Many others are far less measured in their criticism. The bill as it stands today sprawls to more than 260 pages, reflecting how ministers and MPs bolted on their own preoccupations, from cancel culture to security to immigration. Many of the original misinformation provisions have been removed or watered down. Additions to the bill include a controversial requirement that messaging platforms scan content for child sexual abuse images, something that tech companies and privacy campaigners say can only be achieved by weakening end-to-end encryption. Major platforms, including WhatsApp and Signal, have threatened to pull out of the UK if the law is passed. They probably aren't bluffing, and the bill probably will pass. 
Earlier iterations of the bill took a relatively thoughtful approach to dealing with dangerous content online. Alongside provisions on how to prevent the most clearly illegal and harmful content, such as child sexual abuse material or CSAM, it also acknowledged that sometimes legal content can be harmful because of how it's amplified or targeted. For example, it may not be illegal to say that vaccines don't work, but in the context of a deadly pandemic, that message could become very harmful if shared widely and then served by platforms' algorithms over and over to people susceptible to believing it. The bill originally looked at how to stop or limit this legal but harmful material from doing damage offline, not necessarily by banning that content, but instead by limiting how it ends up in users' feeds or who it can be served to. For example, algorithms might have to be tweaked to stop them from recommending posts that promote suicide to people in distress, or posts about extreme weight loss to young users. That approach of targeting online harms at a platform level has informed the basis of regulation in the European Union, where the Digital Markets Act and Digital Services Act, or DSA, aim to make tech companies accountable for the online consequences of their business models. But the mutation of the online safety bill has shifted the UK's focus away from regulating the systems and algorithms that can make content dangerous and toward the content itself. The bill now tries to identify what should and shouldn't be legal speech online, and it would force companies to act on the illegal stuff. Meanwhile, lawful but potentially harmful content is left for platforms to regulate, or let be, via their own terms and conditions. The logic goes that requiring platforms to restrict legal but harmful content would be censorship, and anathemic to free speech. Adults should be able to see potentially harmful content and make their own decisions. Some critics see this shift as a result of the bill being hijacked by the factional and increasingly extreme politics of the Conservative Party, which has taken on a populist and nationalist tinge since the divisive vote to leave the European Union in 2016. The Conservative Party has had to suddenly wrangle different parts of their base into the bill, says Kyle Taylor, founder and executive director of campaign group Fair Vote UK, who, like Judson, was a supporter of earlier versions of the bill. Taylor points out that news publishers have exemptions on some of the rules proposed in the bill, as does speech of democratic importance, a carve-out that seems to be aimed at making sure that political figures with significant online followings don't fall foul of the bill. A faction within the Conservative Party has been pushing U.S.-style culture war narratives on divisive issues like trans rights and COVID lockdowns, and they have been quick to label anything that limits their reach as cancel culture. Some party figures have flirted with narratives on traffic control measures and climate change that tack close to outright conspiracy theories. The entities most likely to cause harm at scale are, of course, registered news publishers and people with large followings like politicians, Taylor says. So you're going to end up with this bill that's penalizing people with 18 friends on Facebook and doing nothing to politicians or political figures. One of the Conservative Party's current obsessions is stopping the boats, limiting the number of refugees and other migrants arriving in the country across the English Channel. In January, the government said content portraying migrants crossing the Channel in a positive light will be illegal under the bill. But other content that might more conventionally be seen as harmful, such as medical disinformation, isn't on the list. That means, for example, it will be Meta's policy on vaccine misinformation set in California that determines whether anti-vax content is removed or deprioritized in the UK. Plenty of other ideas have been tacked onto the bill. The current text includes age checks for porn sites and measures against scam ads and non-consensual sharing of nude images. 
The online safety bill basically reintroduces mass surveillance and says, we have to search every phone. As the bill nears passage into law, the most contentious and, in the short term, consequential dispute over its content is not about what online content should be illegal online, but about the privacy implications of the government's proposals. The current draft says that platforms such as messaging apps will need to use accredited technology to scan messages for CSAM material. That, tech companies and cybersecurity experts say, is a de facto ban on full end-to-end -end encryption of messages. Under end-to-end -end encryption, only the sender and recipient of a message can read the contents of a message. The UK government says it's up to tech companies to figure out a technical solution to that conflict. They're rather disingenuously saying, we're not going to touch end-to-end -to -end encryption, you don't have to decrypt anything, says Alan Woodward, a visiting professor in cybersecurity at the University of Surrey. The bottom line is the rules of mathematics don't allow you to do that, and they just basically come back and say, nerd harder. Whether a compromise is eventually reached or not, the consensus among experts who spoke to Wired is that the online safety bill is likely to pass today. By the time it clears Parliament and makes it into law, the government will have no more than a year to run on its term, and the Conservative Party looks set to be ousted from power next fall. A sprawling and controversial new internet regime is likely to be a lasting part of its legacy, because the law is likely to be rapidly unwound. While some, including Woods, think that there's an element of bluff in the tech company's threats of pulling out of the UK, others say the country's diminished place in the world post-Brexit means that the government could be overplaying its hand. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business, Britain admits defeat in controversial fight to break encryption. Checking in on Wired Science, a flesh-eating bacterium is creeping north as oceans warm. And on Wired Security... Why generative AI's biggest security flaw is not easy to fix. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.